0: I'm really excited to introduce our guest today. Natalie Susie is a teacher, a writer, an entrepreneur, and a communication consultant. She does work with large organizations around the globe, and I know she has a lot of great stories and lessons to share with us about bravery at work. Hi, Natalie.
1: Hi, how are you? Thank you so much for having me.
0: It is great to have you here. So I took a stab at a background overview, but I think there's probably a little bit more to tell about yourself. Can you tell us a little bit about your history and what you do today?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I always start with, I'm a, a, the short version of a very long story, of course, is I'm a teacher by trade and by heart. Um, As cliche as that sounds, that is what I love to do on the planet. Um, So I was teaching for many years. Uh, I got laid off and, we are I was laid off in the budget cuts. I started a company in the food and beverage industry, totally randomly, I had a desire to see what it was to run a business, I had an idea, I created it, I I learned all of my lessons the hard way inside of that business, Um, just, you know, kind of pounding the pavement and, and being a first time entrepreneur. And I sold that company. And then I came back to teaching. And in the process of that, I started to become really fascinated with why people do what they do and how we do what we do. And I started studying human dynamics and, and building teams and personal development and, and all these kinds of principles that, that motivate people to do what they do. Um, and so what I started doing was personal development coaching and consulting inside of companies. So cu- right now, currently I work with, and for the last three years, um, I work with what I call light worker leaders. So conscious leaders who um, have done the work who understand what conscious communication looks like, which is something you know we'll talk about in a little bit, um, and who want to align their team members um, under that same umbrella. So we're all working and we're coming from a place of abundance, we're coming from a place of authenticity, we're on purpose, we're doing the work we wanna be doing in the, in the way that we wanna be doing it with the team that we wanna be working with, and we're just building a conscious culture. Um, so that's what I do with companies now.
0: Fantastic. And so a conscious leader is somebody who demonstrates those skills that you just mentioned?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm so blessed to be working with a ton of them. Conscious leaders are people that come from an authentic, genuine, win-win place. They want to create teams that are authentic and genuine and create conversations where people can really say what they feel. And they feel seen, heard, valued, and understood because at the crux of everything, we're going to talk about bravery in the workplace. If we could create a workplace where everyone feels confident, comfortable, calm, peaceful in their communication. Um, They can build closer bonds and relationships where people are working better together and they're producing more efficiently and effectively and they're happier. I mean, communication is the crux. It's the foundation. It's the key to everything. Um, And you uncover how you communicate, how you feel most seen, valued, heard, loved, appreciated um, inside of your relationships. That's where you get to practice all of it.
0: So before we get into bravery in the workplace, I just wanted to go back and in your effort to start your own business, uh, most of our listeners would imagine that that takes bravery in order to do that. And there's also people who think of doing something and don't do it, and others who think of doing something and do it. And I don't mean to hit you with a hardball question, but any thoughts or observations on why some people think of things and don't do it, like, gee, I wish I had or I should have, and others do and move forward and and take a swing at the bat?
1: Yeah, that's a beautiful question. I've never actually gotten that question before. I think the way I would say that is that when you are really passionate and you're really clear about your purpose and what you're meant to be doing on this planet, the pull towards being in alignment with yourself, your vision, your mission, and your purpose is stronger than the resistance that you feel in being fearful of taking the jump. So if, if you are really coming up against something where you're like, I'm really interested in this. I'm really compelled by this. I'm really curious about this. And you keep saying, no, you want to stop and really think about, is it something you're really curious and compelled to do? Does it feel in alignment with what your purpose is on the planet? What is your purpose? What is your mission? Um, and, and start from there. Start from a place about being authentic with yourself because maybe you're choosing not to do it because it really isn't in alignment with your passion. It's just a, another idea you had. Um, well, I, there are processes that I take clients through uh, to help them uncover more of their purpose and their mission on the planet so that they can get clear on the steps that they take.
0: Well, I love that description, and especially something you had said earlier, which others have used as a definition of bravery in the workplace is, you know, when the need to do something exceeds the need not to do it. So for a while, the need not to do it exceeded the need to do it. And so you just never did it. And then at some point, either due to something sa- something somebody said or something somebody did, suddenly the need to do something is greater. And oftentimes that is when we demonstrate bravery.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You summed it up. That was perfect.
0: (laughs) So how about you, Natalie, when you think about bravery in the workplace, you know, how do you think about it? What words or phrases come to mind for you?
1: Bravery, again, coming back to conscious communication, right? Thinking about, again, when I work with clients, one of the questions that I have them answer Um, so, so I created a program called creating a conscious culture and inside of that program, there's this six step process called the alignment method. So companies hire me to assess their executive team with this particular strategy that I run them through and then come back to them and say, here's how each of these people feel most loved, valued, seen, heard, appreciated. Here's, here's their purpose on the planet. This is where and how they're going to work best. And we move from there. Inside of that, I ask uh, all of the people a question that sounds something like: a, "There's different versions of it, but the essence of the question is: You know, who is the one person in your phone that you have an unsaid conflict with that you you've been wanting to pick up the phone and talk to? That you maybe run through what that conversation could look like every now and then? That takes up space in your head, that takes up space in your heart. Maybe it makes you feel uncomfortable in your body. Like if you could pick up the phone and clean up." One thing with one person right now, who would that be? And what's the story around that? And I think the the coming back to your questions of bravery in the workplace, it really is all about trying to navigate those situations and avoid those situations where you have someone taking up space in your head and your heart that you haven't cleared it up with. And so when you're coming from a place of of love and abundance and authenticity and wanting to be genuine, genuine, like a well-intentioned place, that's very brave. That's very vulnerable. It sounds like, you know, this thing that you said or did, this is how it landed on me. I'm sure that wasn't your intention. Can we just kind of discuss it? Because my intention is to be the best the best player on this team and to do what the mission is here. And this kind of thing is sort of disrupting that. This communication situation doesn't feel in alignment. Can we get back to a space where we're both on the same page. And that is really scary to have those conversations and to do those kinds of things with people that may trigger you, or maybe you don't know them well enough. Um, That kind of stuff is very challenging to navigate sometimes. Um, I think, yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, I was just going to say, I think that's a great model for our listeners who are thinking about ways that they can say something to somebody that needs to be said which is just what you had mentioned about, hey, something you just said had an impact on me that I don't think was intended, right? So you've got to get them off the hook a little bit so they yep. don't feel that they're getting tacked or put into the corner and say, let's talk about it a little bit, right? So you're encouraging them to have that type of conversation. That alone can create great outcomes that not saying anything won't ever create.
1: That's right. And the thing to really get, I mean, this is the stuff I love to teach so much, and but the thing to get is that we all come to the boardroom table, we'll say, just for, you know, for example, of the workplace. Like we all come to that table with our own life lens. So we're all looking at life through a set of lenses that is unique to us like our fingertips, right? It's and that lens has been colored by our own unique DNA, genetic makeup, family history, experiences, trauma, like everything. So another exercise that I do often is I'll, I'll, I'll teach for like 10 minutes and then I'll have everybody around the room. Tell me after 10 minutes, the one thing that landed on them the most, the one thing that impacted them, that moved them the most, or that they'll remember by that 10 minutes. Now, everybody was listening to the same thing. Everybody was seeing me speak. I'm dressed the same. I'm doing the same movements in front of everybody. But each of those people say something different. They may be similar. Some of the answers may be similar, but none of them are exactly the same because the content that they've witnessed is landing on them through their life lens based on their experiences, triggers, stuck points, habits, patterns, all that stuff. So once you can really get clear on like, nobody is seeing things the exact same way and giving people grace for how they show up, you're shifting the energy around it from, oh, I'm going to be on the defense and I'm going to be reactive to, Let me just be open and say like, hey, this is how it landed on me. Is that what you intended? If yes, let's talk about it. And if no, let's talk about it. And it's all good. Are you open? It changes everything when you shift your energy around it.
0: Yeah, I love that exercise. And I would imagine you have seen lots of different outcomes from it. (laughs) And you know, before we move on, I'm just wondering, does everybody that you worked with have a phone number in their phone for someone that they should say something to that they haven't?
1: Yes, absolutely. And, and, um, you know, it's really moving to walk through that exercise with people because there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff in that answer. Usually, you know, people have a lot of emotion around it. They have a lot of narrative around it. Um, they have things to prove and things that they're shameful about. Um, And so it gives them, it's very powerful to open that conversation up with somebody. And it's really powerful when they actually follow through because they're inspired after they've spoken with me, uh, you know, after they've had the exercise, they're inspired to go do something about it. Not everybody does something about it, but the ones that do typically have a good, you know, good response from it.
0: And I would imagine those could be people that they have worked with professionally or it could be somebody personal.
1: That's right. Yeah, it's for sure. And the other way I usually say, too, is like after somebody does that, I lighten the conversation with like, tell me one person that you're really grateful for that you haven't called yet either. And that's so it's two sides of the same coin. Right. Um, And people get to express both of those pieces,
0: which I would imagine creates for people in the moment, two distinctly different feelings.
1: Yep. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. And what a great and what a great way, Natalie, to demonstrate the person you should speak to that you haven't feeling against the one who it feels great to talk to, right? Because that's a very uplifting, uh, in the moment, powerful feeling. And it's like, oh my God, definitely. I want to call Natalie and tell her what a great job she did in front of that client last week. And she was on target and so forth and so on. And yet there's another conversation that I need to have. And why aren't I feeling similarly about making progress there?
1: Yeah, you got it. Absolutely. It's exact, exactly what I'm trying to accomplish. And the people, it's it's an instant way to get people to feel the different energy around it. Because, you know, even in the corporate space, we're getting more open to that kind of conversation now than we used to be. But everything is about the energy and the intention you have around it. So if you're, you know, if you're walking into a job interview and you're thinking in your head, You know, your thoughts align with your feelings, align with your actions, and they create your external reality. So if you're thinking like, oh, I really don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. Um, You know, I don't feel like doing a nine to five, then you're going to show up differently at the job interview across the table from the person who's speaking with you than if you're walking in and you're like, I'm so excited. This is on purpose. I'm really excited to talk to the interviewer and hear more about the job. Like that's energy. It's kind of really that simple.
0: Well, we could do a podcast specifically on how the head game influences the physical game, right? Because if you're not in the right right place, place, Mm -hmm. people will know it, right? They'll know that you're distracted or uh, not feeling great, et cetera. We're going to pause our conversation with Natalie Susie and ask that you join us next week as we hear more from Natalie on how she interprets, navigates, and experiences bravery in her workplace and industry. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week. And we hope you join us next week as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at BeBraveAtWork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on Pandora, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple, Overcast, CastBox. We are everywhere. Do you have something to say yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.